me, if you would, to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3. We'll look at verses 23 through 26. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 26. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be, the, be just and the justifier of the one who has faith. And our continued saga of made-up words, today our made-up word is ewer. Now this is going to drive grammar Nazis crazy. Because if I just switched that R and that E around and put an apostrophe, we wouldn't be talking about made-up words. This morning's word is ewer. Ewer. What does Paul say to the Roman church and to the Monterey church? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Of God, obviously, we're celebrating Christmas this this week. The reason we celebrate Christmas is we celebrate the great gift that God gave to us in the form of a child, His Son, that He gave to us. And what was the purpose of Him having to give that gift? It was because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What was the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth, living a perfect life, laying that, giving that life away? What was the purpose of that? So that you and I might be justified by His grace as a gift. We are saved by the mercy and the grace of God in His willingness to give His Son to be offered up as a propitiation or as a, an offering in our stead and in our place. We are justified by His grace as a gift, not by our works as a payment. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means everyone in this room is a sinner that has fallen short of the perfection that God would require. All of us have sinned. Therefore, that means that all of us being sinners are the reason why Jesus had to die. So, Jesus' death, the brutal death that He endured, was because of all of us. And to make it specific, you are the reason that he had to die. You are the reason that he had to suffer. You are the reason that he had to endure what no human being ever had, ever will, 
ever could endure. You, you are the reason that he died. Every time you've ever disobeyed what God has said for you to do, before you knew him, after you've come to know him, when you were lost and without a hope and without a clue, and when you came to know him as a loving Savior, we've sinned. It's not just for the murderer that he died. It's not just for the adulterer that he died. It's not just for the criminal that he died. It's for the bad attitude that he had to die. It's for the gossip that he had to die. It's for the anger that he had to die. It's not a person in this room that can exclude themselves from the list of those responsible for the requirement of Jesus' death. You are responsible. You are the reason he had to die. There that day when he was breathing his last, he's hanging on the cross between two other criminals, right? And the one criminal says to him, if you are real, if you are God, get yourself down off his cross and get me down too. The other thief, or the other criminal, I should say, there next to him, says, have mercy on me. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. There in that moment, something clicked in this man's head, in this man's heart. And he said, I am looking at the perfect, spotless Lamb of God as he lays down his life for my sin. And he says, remember me. That word remember means have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. There that man that refused to acknowledge who Jesus was, he was responsible for Jesus' death. And there on the other side, this man who yielded in compliance, who yielded to conviction, who understood that Jesus was who he was, he was responsible for Jesus' death too. And today we are no less responsible for Jesus' death than we were before we came to faith in him. We are just as responsible today. I have never, since I've come to Christ, found a moment where I was not tempted. And I have never always yielded temptation. He doesn't have to die again. He died once and for all. And that's what Paul is saying here a little later on, that he says that Jesus had to come and die because God had put forward as a propitiation by his blood salvation to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. This doesn't mean that God did disregard it or did not pay attention to former sins. What this meant that was before Jesus came to earth and lived and died. 
The Bible says that every time a believer in faith would die, they would go into Abraham's bosom or a place called paradise, which was heaven but not in the presence of God because the blood of Jesus had not yet been shed that would allow them entrance into the presence of God. So in paradise, they stayed until that great and glorious day. 4,000 years after God had offered the first sacrifice in the garden that spoke of the forbearance, his love and his mercy. He was willing to accept the blood of that sacrificed animal as the propitiation for the sins of Adam and Eve. And then 4,000 years later, Jesus, the Son of God, offers up his life. His blood is shed. Mercy and grace have now been fulfilled. And it was possible for those in paradise to enter into the presence of God. They were just as justified as they were when Jesus died the first day they believed because God rewarded them by faith. But can you imagine what that was like when that gentleman next to Jesus hears the words, Today you will be with me in paradise. Why does Jesus go to paradise? He goes there to say to all the folks that were in paradise, Guys, we can move on to the next room now. I have fulfilled all that was required. And then some days later, the Bible says that all of those people who had died in faith received their new bodies and got up and walked with Jesus and then went up to heaven to be with the Lord. Today, when you and I pass away, we go right into the presence of God. Our souls go right into the presence of God. There's no sleeping. There's no waiting. There's no... There's no purgatory we pass from this life we enter into his presence because of what Jesus did for us and he did that because of what we had done you you are responsible you are why Jesus had to die that sounds harsh and kind of rough. Parents, when you have to get straight with your kids, you know, and you're like, i got to lay down the law for a second. You know I love you, but here comes the truth. It's going to be hard to hear, but here it is. Why do you do that? Why are you willing to shoot straight with your kids? Why are you willing to tell them the truth? Is it because you hate them? Is it because you despise them? Is it because you want the worst for them or is it because you want the best for them? Is it because you do not like your children? Don't answer that question. Some of you may not like your kids right now. but You do it because you love your children. You do it because you want the best for them because you love them. You do it because you love them. You are the reason that Jesus died. Not just you are responsible because of your sin. But oh, how he loves you, and oh, how he loves me. You were the reason he died, because he loved you so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
It is the love of God that compelled God to allow his son to come and live a perfect life and lay down his perfect life. God loved you so much that he was willing to give up his son as a sacrifice for those that did not deserve it. Not because of what we did to earn it, but because of what we did to require it. But he loved us. And he still loves us today. The love of God, if we are believers in Christ, has been shed abroad in our hearts. That means that the love of God is in us, not just covering us. We are filled with his love. We are moved by his love. We are led by his love. We are comforted by his love. We are instructed by his love. We are also corrected by his love. You are the reason that he came and died. You, he loved you. If you were the only person that had ever been created, he would have come and laid down his life for you. When Jesus hung on the cross, he did not do this as some act of, of uh, uh, what, what am I trying to say? An act of, of attention or something he did for publicity. He did this not because he had to, but because he wanted to. He did not do it because it had to be done. It had to be done, but he wanted to do it. It had to be done, and it was his desire to comply. It was not forced. It was not demanded of him. He willingly laid down his life. He says to Pilate, when Pilate says, Do you not know that I have the power to save your life or end it? What does Jesus say? No man takes my life unless I lay it down. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Do you have people that you know, you're acquainted with them, you see them from time to time? Then do you have people that are your friends? people that you're close to, you talk to them often, you're connected with one another. That's what a church body should be like. Jess, if it were required of you today, would you be willing to suffer a wrong from someone in this congregation? Yeah. Todd, would you take a bullet for somebody here? If it were required, if that were the will of God, would you be willing to do that? And why would you do that? Because you love them. Because you care. God so loved the world. Jesus loved us so much, he was willing to endure everything that would be required of him in order that you and I might be able to come into the presence of God washed clean, white as snow. In no way am I trying to stir guilt or anything like that, but is there anybody in this room that's guilty? Anybody in this room that knows I am why he had to die? I also want to make sure that you understand 
that he died because he loves you. It wasn't a he did it and now you owe him one. Speaking of friends. Anybody here ever gone somewhere with a buddy of yours? And they'll say, no, I got lunch. Then y'all fist fight because you wanted to buy lunch. And you say, well, I'll get it next time. And what do they say? I don't care if you get it or not. We're going to go to lunch again. See, that's what friends do. If Eddie and I go to lunch, I don't go. I don't know why he didn't pay. He must not be my friend. When you expect something from someone, that's not your friend. When you require something from somebody for you to be happy with, that ain't your friend. Eddie's a bonehead. Boy, everybody got real quiet. I was expecting somebody to at least laugh or something. Everyone's like, yeah, he is. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, he is. And I am too. But he's my friend. Jesus knows you're a bonehead. He knows that. He knows you're not going to get it all right. He knows that you're... When he laid down his life for you, he didn't lay down his life thinking that you would never be a bonehead again or you would never do something ignorant. He died knowing good well, good and well that you'd be ignorant. Anybody been ignorant since you come to Jesus? He still loves you. His love is not conditional based on what you do or don't do. That's not what friends are. That's not what love is. Love is unconditional. Love says, I understand you don't know things and things are not always going to go the way they should and you'll make mistakes. But I love you and my love does not depend on what you do. My love depends on what I do. And I choose. Jesus said, I choose to die for you. You are the reason that I died. My love for you is why I, you are important. You have value. You mean something to the Lord. You are his prized possession. He knows every hair on your head. In my case, he gets a discount. He knows everything about you, and yet he loves you. And he sees those things in your life that hold you back and hinder you. And he does not run away, but rather he runs too. What would you think if the firemen showed up to your house and they said, Well, sir, I understand your wife is inside that home. What is she worth? Do I really want to go in there and risk my life? I mean, how old is she? Is she a good person? Does she have money? Does she ever talk back to people? Does she ever get snippy? Ma'am, I understand your husband's in there. Do you have a punch list that you've given him that he ain't punched nothing on? Do, do we really, I mean, if he can't fix the toilet seat, do you really think I should go in there and save him? Think about it. If a fireman shows up to your house and they don't just immediately, instinctively, by duty, run into that burning home and rescue whoever is in there, what would you think of them? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
to suffer and die the way that Jesus suffered and died. To endure what Jesus endured, to go through what Jesus went through. And it was all because he wanted to. Because he loves you. Because God loves you. And because God loves you and Jesus loves us, don't we love him? Aren't we grateful this morning for what God has not only done for us, but what he continues to do? And, and what we know that he will do. We don't know what life holds tomorrow. I have no idea what tomorrow will look like. I have no clue how things are going to go this afternoon even. But I know this. He loves me. And if God is for me, then who can be against me? I can't even be against me. If God is for me, even my boneheadedness cannot separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I want to read this to you really quick. I, 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 want, to, I want to go through this in Isaiah. Give me just one second to pull it up. Listen to what Isaiah says. He says, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, speaking of Jesus, grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. It means he wasn't a man of great stature, a man of great influence. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, not his. He was crushed for our iniquities, not his. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep, you see where Paul gets this from? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. Man, this is hard to read. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You are why he died. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. That means he did not complain. He didn't balk. He didn't say, whoa, 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 whoa. This is Carla's punishment. No, he endured it without ever opening his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence 
and there was no deceit in his mouth. Now listen to this. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. Why? Because when his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the enemy, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. He was numbered with the transgressors. He lowered himself to a position he did not have to do because you are worth it. He died for you because he loves you. There'll be 50 million preachers that will rail on you because of how wicked, how awful, how despicable you are. And guess what? I can't argue with him. But they stop there and leave people in anguish and in despair. But I'm telling you, it goes further than that. That's not where the story of the death of Jesus ends. That's where the story of the death of Jesus begins. It begins with you are guilty, but it ends with you are innocent. It begins with you are responsible for the death of Jesus. But it ends with you are the reason he did it. This Christmas... You ain't perfect. But you sure are perfectly loved. You're the reason that Jesus had to die, but you're the reason he wanted to do it. It started with condemnation, but it ends with commendation. Yeah, my sin what caused him to die as the old song says oh the shame of it my sin crucified him that day my sins were to blame forgive Lord I pray I'll live so the world may know I love him for nailing my sins to his cross you know why he did it right it wasn't because you're a filthy, dirty, awful, rotten scoundrel. You need to come up here and cry and roll and jerk and holler and feel miserable and go home and hate your life and hate your wife. I mean, not wife, my bad. I meant to say life. Hate your life and your wife and your kids and everything else because you're so awful. No, 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 no. And God so loved the world. He didn't just love it. He so loved it. You know what the word so means? It means a lot. God loved us so much. How much did he love us? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So this morning, this week, what do we celebrate? God loved me so much 
that he, Jesus loved me so much, he was willing to endure everything he endured. Yes, I was responsible for it, but it was his love that was responsible for him being willing to come and do it. Yep, you're guilty. Guilty as charged, but you're also guilty of being loved by God.